Awesome. Um, so while I was pray, um, getting prayer this morning, um, I saw this picture of um, this dark place, and it was kind of like a cave, but I saw a picture of, um, of miners, uh, you know, the, the miners with the torch on their, on their heads, and, and, I, and, I saw, and I saw these miners digging these deep, dark places looking for precious stones and precious um, uh, for gold and, and, and for valuable things and, and, I, and I feel like I feel like this is a picture for all of us that we're we're mining uh, we're, we're a mining church that basically we look for the precious stone in people's lives and and, and we search and, and the light that is upon us is the light of the Holy Spirit that is shining out of us and it directs us to where the stones are, to where the gold is. And so I just want to release that right now in the name of Jesus to our congregation. And so just receive that in Jesus' Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Okay, so about three weeks ago, I talked about value. Who was here three weeks ago when they heard me speak about value? Was that cool? Did we have fun? That was amazing, right? <laughs> oh, who was here when Pete preached? It was cool as well, right? <laughs> uh, by the way, if you didn't hear the messages, um, uh, I encourage you to get the app, uh, the Liberty Christian app, um, and then you can find the podcast and listen to those messages because it's, it's vital that you are constantly up to date with what's happening here in this house. Amen? Cool. Okay. So, I talked about value. I talked about, I talked about having people around you that value you. If they do not value you, don't hang out with them this year. Bless them in the name of Jesus, but build boundaries. Protect your heart from being damaged. Amen? I also talked about um, how I... I had this conversation with the Holy Spirit who initiated this conversation around value and how um, he wanted me to, to re-look into my culture, to re-look into my, my Samoan heritage and to start to see the value in that, uh, to, to see the good in my Samoan culture and start to develop that. So I talked about that. I also talked about uh, salvation, that when a person comes before God, and uh, gives or, or, or submits his heart to the will of the Father um, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, gets saved, um, uh, that person starts to value the kingdom of God. Do you remember that? He starts to value the kingdom of God. And God starts to release revelations little by little about how precious it is to come to worship him. How precious and how valuable it is to worship him. How, how, how precious it is for, for, for that new, new believer to come and uh, fellowship with inside the, the, inside the church. Getting discipled. All of that stuff, right? That's what I talked about. Well, today I want to add on to that. I feel like God has not left this conversation for me. He's still talking to me about this conversation, about value. But I want to, uh, so in other words, this is part two of, of that message. Um, and I want to specifically highlight uh, my title, which is called Valuing the Thing, or Valuing the Thing That You Carry. <clears throat> Thank you. 
And I want to do that by uh, reading to you a story that I feel the Holy Spirit has led me to talk about this morning. It's a story that you all know. Actually, I won't read it. I'll just say it. I'll, I'll just, I'll just um, explain it. It's the, it's the nativity story. Who knows the nativity story? It's read to you every year, annually. <laughs> you know what happens, right? So I just want to re, uh, re-clarify what that story is, just in case you missed out on what that story is. Okay, so, so Mary. Mary is pledged to marry Joseph. It's an arranged marriage. And Joseph discovers randomly that this Mary is with child, and they haven't been married yet. So he's kind of ticked off at Mary, and one night Joseph sleeping, and an angel appears to Joseph, and he says, Joseph, I want you to take Mary to be your wife, because she is pregnant with baby Jesus, and he is the hope of humanity. He is going to set the Jewish people free. And it's been conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph does that. Takes her, takes her in. They get married. And then they're in Bethlehem. Jesus is born. And on, um, <coughs> when he's born, three wise men, well, supposedly three wise men, turn up. Let's just say they're three wise men. They turn up, they honor Jesus, baby Jesus. They give baby Jesus gifts. And then shepherds were there, and they, they honor and worship him as well. Now, King Herod finds out about baby Jesus. And he doesn't want anyone else to rule while he's king. And so he sends word out to his ninjas or his soldiers or whoever, Assassins, I need to kill them, get rid of him. An angel from heaven comes and he warns, he tells Joseph to take Mary and baby Jesus to Egypt. And so a little while goes on and then King Herod dies. An angel then goes to Egypt and tells Joseph, All right, I want you to come back to Bethlehem or come back. And so on their way back, they got a bit afraid because the son of King Herod um, is ruling, so he just turns off to a different route and he goes to a place, um, what is it, Galilee? It's Galilee, anyway, and into a town called, um, how do you say the town? Nath- what? Nath- Nazareth, that's it. I just wanted to see if you're still awake. <laughs> and so the story goes that they, they settle there and he, he basically grows up there. Now, there's a lot of things that we can learn from the story, apart from the fact that, that uh, Jesus Christ is born. And, and, but I, I, want to, I want to talk about how Mary found out that she was going to give birth to baby Jesus. And I would like to think that at that moment, Mary um, realized the importance and the value of what she was carrying. She was carrying a promise 
that was prophesied decades ago. Prophets of, of the Old Testament was prophesying that this would take place. And she saw that and she valued that. She valued the, the, the fact that she was carrying a child that was going to set the Jewish people free. Because her mindset at that time, she was waiting for the new covenant. All the Jewish people were waiting at that time for the Mosaic law to be abolished. They kind of knew it, but they just didn't know when or how. And so this process takes place where she is carrying this promise, the promise to humanity. And I would like to propose an idea. I feel like you and I, we also carry a promise that has been prophesied from the Old Testament, from the Bible. And I believe that that promise that you carry is the hope for your community. I believe that what you carry is the kingdom of God. You see, the only way that the kingdom can advance is if you introduce the king to your neighbor. The only way that the kingdom can advance is if you take courage and boldness to tell your workmates, your schoolmates, the dairy owner, the petrol owner about this beloved king that has set you free. This is the promise that you carry. All of heaven has invested into you. And your responsibility is not to try and work or do things out of performance, your responsibility is to just tell people how loving this king is. Would you agree? Yes. yes. Because it's no, good, it's no good having a kingdom if you're, uh, it's no good you having the king and you keeping that kingdom idea or that beloved father. You know, your testimony is really important. If people do not know what Christ has done in your life and set you free, what are we doing here? We just, we're just kind of just having lunch. and Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just another social gathering. But I believe that it's not. I believe that this house, we actually love our king. We love our father. Yeah. And we want to brag about our father. We want, to tell the, we want to tell people about our Father's amazing personality. How He loves us. How He adores us. How He cherishes us. How there's hope for them. How there is, there is, there is a way where they can discover and encounter real love. Real love. Not counterfeit love. Not love of things of this world but real precious love. You know, that's the hope that I'm talking about that you carry. So when you walk into church, you're carrying these things. When you walk out of this church, into the car park, into your car, to go to your normal daily lifestyle, you carry that. But you have a choice to release that. I think I've made that point, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, it was prophesied to Mary and Joseph to get out of danger 
that King Herod was after them, right? And they were warned by an angel. One of the ways that God protects the dreams that you carry in your heart or your calling that you know you're supposed to be doing is through prophetic words. Now, when I was at my lowest point in my life, yes, believe it or not, I did have a lowest point in my life. (laughs) Um, I decided to run away from from Auckland. I decided I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to get me a job. I'm going to get me uh, a girlfriend. I'm going to get me a, a, a house that I can rent. And I'm going to set my life up there because my life here in New Zealand is not working out. If I don't do something, I'm just going to go nuts and do something stupid to myself. So I need to go. I need to replant and refocus. So I went to Australia, lived in Brisbane, got a job, got a girlfriend, uh, got a place that I was renting. Delphine knows all about this, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and she wasn't the girlfriend. She was, uh, she, she was the promise, bro. <laughs> And so, and, and so I'm, in, I'm in Australia. Now, I know deep down in my heart that I'm supposed to be in New Zealand. For some reason, I just knew I have to be in New Zealand. I know that I have to be in Auckland. I just didn't know yet. I hadn't seen Liberty. I hadn't met Trent and Sue yet. This was years ago. This was way before um, all of this has taken place. So anyway, I'm kind of uh, one Saturday I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just walking around, just checking Brisbane out. And I walk into this place, and there's a gathering of people. And I thought, oh, there's a church. I might check it out. And I walk in, and it's a Joyce Meyer church, campus church. And uh, Joyce Meyer isn't there, but the, the leader of that campus or the pastor of that campus is there. And so I sit during the service, and then at the end of the service, I go up and I, I get... Uh, 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 you know, prayer from the prayer line and the prayer ministry team. And this lady prophesies over me. Now, she doesn't know me. I don't know her. And she's like saying, I see you, oh, uh, the prophetic word is, I see you uh, becoming a minister of reconciliation. And I see you um, uh, being a youth pastor working with young people. And I'm looking at this lady going, Are you serious? Like, do you know what's happening? Like, I'm on survival mode right now. How can that be? Like, you are nuts, lady. You're nuts. Now, I didn't say those words, but I was thinking it. But my, my, my face was like, oh, wow, yeah. <sighs> yeah. But in my, so I was, I was just, you know. And then four months later, I, I, I leave Brisbane. I come back to Auckland. I sort myself out. I get... I get back into uh, a, a local church, and then not long after that, um, about three years later, I'm youth pastoring at a church, exactly like what that lady prophesied. Now, there, there, I know it doesn't seem like, for some of us, you know, um, a realistic word. Sometimes it's like way out there, but you've got to give. You've got to give the Holy Spirit a chance. Because if you knew exactly what you were supposed to do and how you'd do it, you wouldn't need a prophetic word, would you? Because yeah. you're just a man. <laughs> you're just too good. And uh, we should be worshiping you. <laughs> um, but 
A prophetic word can align you to the calling that God has given you. Why is it important for you to align yourself with the calling that you have? Because of what you carry. Because you are effective when you are in the center of God's will and you are doing, like there's nothing greater than that. Nothing greater than than seeing a person really living out and doing what they have been called to do. Like passion just drives out of them. Like you can just see it. The anointing flows. It just, it just works. And, and, and the, your only reaction is, thank you, God, that this person has found what they've been called to do. Because I get to partner alongside that person. I get to run along that, alongside that person and encourage that person. You see, this is, this is the hope for all of you. For every, imagine if every single person right now in this auditorium hit the ground running in 2018, completely doing what the Bible was, is talking about, healing the sick, raising the dead, prophesying, speaking life, doing everything, like naturally, not out of performance, completely encountering Papa God, all insecurities gone, all of that stuff. All of that stuff, just 100% behind the call of Jesus Christ to bring, to bring heaven on earth. Amen. That is what we are building here in this church. That's the vision of this church. Do you believe me? Yes. Do you believe me? Yes. Because it's time for you to now step into who you're supposed to be, your identity. Identity is important. Amen? Yes. So... So what I've just said is prophetic word is important to align yourself so that you can release the promise that you carry. The other thing is, this is what God has been talking to me lately. Um, I've, God has been kind of having this gentle conversation about the things in my past and, and certain situations where I've hung out with people groups who are of high social status, Right? quite popular people and, and I've hung out with them or had coffees or had, a, had hangouts with them and, and I've, the Holy Spirit kind of highlighted to me, why is it that you always kind of dream up to be like them when you're around these people? Do you not, do you, do you forget the value that I put in you? You see, sometimes even in ministry, we see we see someone like, uh, I won't name names, someone of you know, high status ranking, and we want, we want the anointing. We want everything they've got. We want, we want the boats, the, the cars, the, the materialistic things. And I've realized, I've realized when I do that, I devalue what God has placed in me. And sometimes I see the body of Christ, they, they go from church to church, and they say, oh, this church has done this, this church has done this, we should do this. But what about what we're doing in this house? Are you saying that what we're doing in this house is, not, is of no value? Are you, are you saying that, that, that if we did it exactly like them, that we would be great and have all the shiny stuff that we're not important to? No, no, I... I believe that what God is trying to teach me is what we're doing in this house is just 
as valuable as the person who's on the mega TV station preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what God has called that person to do, right? Is this coming through? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because sometimes as Christians, we want, we want the prophetic anointing. We want the gift. We don't want the person. We don't want to have a relationship with the person, but we want all the glory parts. We want the anointing. We want the gifting so that we can come over here into our church and, man, I'm anointed. I got all the gifting. Why? Because I've been listening to blah, 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 blah. But what about you building your secret relationship with Papa God so that you get that value built and you appreciate what's inside of you. You appreciate, you learn how to navigate this whole thing of, of being, a, being a, a lover of Jesus Christ. You learn how to use your sword. You learn how to use your own sword. You know, when, when David went to fight uh, Goliath, uh, Saul came out with all of his armor and David said, oh, I'm not used to this stuff. You take your stuff. I've got my sling and my rocks. I'll use that. So I think my encouragement this morning is value the thing that God has placed in your own heart because it's just as vital as all of the other stuff that you can hear in the Christian media and all that stuff. Because you've got to understand the bigger picture. You've got to understand the bigger picture. We're here in Avondale, in Auckland. We're building in this community. We're reaching and we're fighting against the spirit of darkness that is oppressing this neighborhood, this city. Another church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is working in a different city. Another church is working in a different nation. And together, if we all work and just do what we've been called to do in the community, in the, in the, in the houses that we've been called to, the kingdom advances every year, every second, every minute. But if you're always trying to look at that, what's great over there, what's great over there, what's great over there, and try to bring it in, I don't know, uh, what do you think? Does it work? Thank you. All right. So, so that's what I've been learning. Don't make all the other stuff a benchmark. You create what, a benchmark for yourself and your relationship with God. What you also carry is love. You carry love. Do you realize that? You carry love. And I want to I read you a story. You ready for a story? Yep. Once upon a time... There was an island where all the feelings lived. <laughs> Happiness, sadness, knowledge, and all the others, including love. One day, it was announced to all of the feelings that the islands was going to sink to the bottom of the ocean. So all the feelings prepared their boats to leave. Love was the only one that stayed to the end. She wanted to cherish the island paradise until the last possible moment. When the island was almost totally under, love decided it was time to leave. She began looking for someone to ask for help. Just then, Richness was passing by in a grand boat. Love asked, Richness, can I come with you on your boat? Richness, Richness answered, I'm sorry, but there is a lot of silver and gold on my boat, and there would be no room for you anywhere. 
Then love decided to ask Vanity for help, who was passing in a beautiful vessel. <laughs> love cried out, Vanity, help me, please. I can't help you, Vanity said. You are all wet and will damage my beautiful boat. <laughs> Next, love saw sadness passing by. Love said, Sadness, please, let me go with you. Sadness answered, Love, I'm sorry, but I just need some time to be alone now. (laughs) Then love saw happiness. Love cried out, Happiness, please, take me with you. But happiness was so overjoyed that he didn't even hear love calling to him. (laughs) Love began to cry. She then heard a voice say, Come, love. I will take you with me. It was an outer. Love felt so blessed and overjoyed that she forgot to ask the elder his name. When they arrived on the land, the elder went on his way. Love realized how much she owed the elder. Love looked for knowledge and asked, Who was the elder that helped me? It was time, knowledge answered. But why did time help me when no one else would? Love asked, knowledge Knowledge smiled and with a deep wisdom and sincerity answered, because only time is capable of understanding how great love is. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing story? So you have time to love people in your neighborhood, in your community. You have time right now. Right now is your time. To, to do the things that you truly desire to do. I know you've always wanted to pray for your neighbor, but you hadn't had the courage. I know that. Well, just come and get prayer and get some courage. That's all. I know you've always wanted to pray for, for the ones that were limping in your workplace, something wrong with their legs or their arms. Or you've, you've always wanted to try it out. I know you have. I know deep down inside of you, there's a Holy Spirit bugging you. <laughs> That's how I know. That's because it happens to me too. <laughs> and it's okay. All you've got to do is just come, get some prayer. I need some courage this year, Lord. I want, I want to be courageous. I want to step out. I, I, want to, I want to be a loving person. And I want to show that love by praying for the sick, getting them healed, and, receive, and, 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 and showcasing the encounter of the Father to them. Now, The three wise men, when they turned up to honor Jesus, they, they opened up their gifts and they gave it to Jesus. And then the shepherds honored Jesus. And my question to you this morning is, <clears throat> who, who are, the, are the wise people in your life that is honoring you this morning? This year, who, who, who are the ones that are going to invest in you this year so that they can see that they can, they can bring out the promise out of you? Who are the free wise men in your life that is going to bring the greatness out of you this year? Because you've all heard it say that you cannot be a Christian outside of family. You're just a lone ranger. And lone rangers pretty much don't last very long. But the way that you get, the way that you learn 
to release that thing that is inside of you that you are carrying, the dream, the vision, the heart for your community, is for you to start finding people, start finding people that can speak into your life, that can help you, that have experience. You know those, those three wise men? They were actually kings in their, in their countries. They were really wise. You know, it's, it's been said that you are, you are who your friends are. One of the things as a basketball player, because I, I, I used to love playing basketball, is if I wanted to improve my basketball game, I would never play someone that I could always beat. Because what's the point in that? If I'm going to grow as a basketball player, I have to play against the ones that I cannot beat. The ones that are really good basketball players. They know the tricks. They know the ways to get to the hoop. They know how to beat their man. And then I learn from them. I pick it up till eventually I'm beating them. And then I play the next guy. You know, in a lot of ways, if you want to be a son, if you want to grow as a son, and if you want to learn how to carry that promise that is inside of you, you have to have someone that comes alongside you to encourage you, someone of experience, someone who's got some knowledge, someone who's, who's done some time, got some essence. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? Because if you are doing Christianity on your own, then all you're going to get is on your own. It's, it's, it's kind of simple, you know? Uh, I think it's simple. I, I, want, I want to be the best son I can because I have a limited time on this planet and I want to smash some demons. I want to smash some darkness. I want to release some prisoners from, from, from captivity. I want to set some people free. But if I'm not hanging out with people who's doing that, what, how effective am I going to be? I don't think I'm going to be effective. I'm just some guy who's just praying loudly in front of, I don't know, just weird. The other, the other type of people that turned up to honor Jesus are the shepherds. Now, Jesus was a shepherd himself. And one of the things that I've learned out of that is always learning to hang out with people who have the, fr- the same thinking as you do. The same, same vision, same heart. And this family is like that. That's why I come to this church. Because I believe that you love me. <laughs> That's why I come. If I knew that you didn't love me, do you think I'd turn up? Man, I'd be like, no, whatever. I ain't got my time. I ain't got resources. I, ain't, I, I don't, I don't want to go near you. Why? Because you don't care about me. But I believe that you care about me. I believe that you are my family. I believe that I'm safe with you. I believe that I can grow with you. I believe that you have the same thinking as I do. I believe you're, you're after the same things that I'm after. I believe that, that you're in love with the same God that I'm in love with. That's the whole reason why I turn up. You think I like turning the lights off? <laughs> Jenny, I love turning the lights on and off. <laughs> That's because I love Jenny. Because Jenny needs someone to do that. And so I'll do it. Whatever you need, Jenny. Why? Because she's following the vision that I'm following. 
She's, my, she's one of my pastors. And my job is to honor her. Not my job. My, what I want is I want her to know that she's covered. She's got, she's got someone who's looking out for her. That's my attitude. That's why I turn up. You know? And that's family. That's family. I might not like some of the jokes that she tells sometimes. <laughs> but I will tell her, man, that's a good story, Jenny. <laughs> that's the whole reason why we're here. Aren't we here? Isn't that what people are looking for? Aren't they looking for someone that actually cares about them? Do you care about people? Do you care about people? Then you need to tell people to come to this place because this is a loving place. This is where God dwells. This is where God exists. Exists inside of you. Wow. That was... Love, love, love. I'm going to finish with love. He loves you so much. You know, he doesn't want to hurt you. I don't know what type of experience you've had with church. Well, it's not God. It's just that church. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know what type of bad experience you've had with Christian leaders. It's not God. Yeah. Why is it that when it's good stuff that happens to people, it's them or someone else, but it's never God. But when something bad happens, it's always God's fault. Yeah. Why is that? I don't understand that. When someone gets sick, oh, God's teaching me a lesson on how to be disciplined. That's why he's given me this sickness. Uh, Nobody, you are sick. God has nothing to do with that sickness. He doesn't want you to be sick. He wants you to be holistically healed. He wants you to be absolutely healed. He wants you fully running at your 100%. So, we need to start valuing what we carry in this house. You need to start valuing this house. If this is, if, if this is a, your family, start valuing me. <laughs> start turning up and telling me you love me. <laughs> start turning up and telling the people in this congregation, man, I got your back. I can make fun of you, but no one else is going to make fun of you, buddy. (laughs) Because that's family. That's how how I know what family is. You know? The whole reason why I'm here is because, Pastor Trent, there was a moment where I stuffed up really bad. Real bad. And instead of me getting kicked out, this guy gave me a shot. And it was that moment that I said, all right, your vision, that's mine. And wherever you go, I can't even leave this country anymore. <laughs> you know, Delphine, Delphine and I was like, oh, man, we should go to France. We could, we could tell Trent and Sue we'll build a church there, and we'll just go to France. And then we're like, oh, yeah, nah. We, yeah. Or we'll go, oh, let's move to Australia. Let's start our family there. Or let's go to Christchurch. Let's go to Wellington. Oh, what about Trent and Sue? Oh, yeah, what about the vision? Yeah, God hasn't actually said anything. (laughs) Because this is my family. 
All right. Why don't you all stand? Have you had fun this morning? Yeah. Did you actually learn anything? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to start valuing what's inside of you, right? Yeah. Yes? Yes? Yeah. All right.